up? It's Stephanie, and I'm back with another episode of the Wise Words Podcast. I hope that you guys have been having a wonderful weekend. I know that this month, you know, or last month rather, because it's April. I can't believe that last month went by so fast. Last month was my birthday month, and so there was a lot of changes that happened, specifically with the podcast itself. If you guys have noticed, for those who listen on the internet or on a browser of some sort, it is no longer called Anchor.fm. Now, the platform that I use to record this podcast is called Spotify for Podcasters. So if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, eh, not really much change, right? <laughs> like, you probably still recognize the logo and everything like that. However, this platform that I use to produce and record my episodes has changed. And so that means the app has changed. That just means that I've been trying my best to get acclimated to, okay, How does this work? Of course, I got to record a new ad. So if you guys hear the old ad in this episode, do not worry. The new ad is coming. Have been trying to do my best to record that. Make sure that it's perfect so that way I can use that one going forward so that my episodes can accumulate the pay that they need to rather than using the old ad with the old um, name, which was Anchor. So nonetheless, the podcast is still the same, still the same title. Still the same content, still the same topic, still the same logo, okay? So with that being said, guys, I'm just so excited to be back with you guys, you know, with another episode. I have taken a different direction as far as my topics go. I had a lot of topics that I was still trying to, you know, hit on, but I didn't want to touch on just yet until I can get my guests solidified. And I did. So I'm excited about that for the future episodes to come. And with that being said... I thought that this would be a great time or a great opportunity to go a different direction. So I know that I've already done an episode on emotions. However, I think it's important to pinpoint specific emotions, right? Because I feel like as, you know, people in the community of Christ, just people in the world in general, we are having some trouble navigating certain things or certain emotions. We don't know how to identify stuff correctly. We don't know how to, you know, make it work for us instead of against us. And so I really want to kind of go that direction for a little bit before I dive into other topics, specifically with anger. Because anger is something that I feel like can get out of control really quickly, really fast. So we are going to talk about anger today. Don't forget to share this podcast with someone who you feel like you may encourage. Don't forget to give it a five-star rating, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget, guys, to just continue to tune in when the new episodes drop and thank you so much for you guys who were continuously listening to the episodes even while i was on my little break while the podcast platform was changing and stuff i was still getting plays and views on the episodes that i had published previously so i just thank you guys so much for that and without further ado let's jump into today's episode about anger All right, guys, so we are talking about anger today. And so I also just want to put a little disclaimer out here, guys, as you're listening to this episode, you know, you may hear some differences in the mic. I do have new technology, yay, (laughs) that I'm trying out as far as mics and things go. And, you know, not just the mic itself, but also the listening piece, because I try to listen to a lot of stuff, especially when I'm trying to edit the segments of the episode. So, If you hear some differences and you're like, oh, man, she sounds much clearer. Or you're like, oh, no, she sounds, you know, a little muffled or something. Please send me your feedback for sure. Because this whole technology thing when it comes to podcasting, trust me, I will tell you guys a lot more about it, you know, as the, you know, time goes by and as I drop more episodes. But trust me, it can be really, 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 really stressful at times. But um, yeah, hopefully, you know, the audio and everything comes out good and I don't have any more hiccups and you guys are able to hear me clearly. But if you do notice a difference, it's because, yeah, I'm experimenting with new things (laughs) and trying to use some different stuff to produce these episodes. But going back to the topic of anger, guys. I'll be honest, I thought that I had already did an episode on this topic. And then I had to remind myself as, as, as I went back through, you know, all the episodes that I've done. And I just had to thank God in that moment because I was going through my episodes. I'm like, you know what? I've done quite a few episodes <laughs> and that is a blessing in itself. So we're almost to the 100 episode mark and I'm really excited about that. But I realized I'm like, man, I never did 
a episode specifically on anger. I did one on emotions. And if you haven't checked that out, that was one of my earliest episodes. You feel free to go back and listen to it. However, I have never done, you know, an episode on anger just in itself, anger specifically. And I do think that it's something that deserves its own episode, if I can be honest, because first of all, y'all, anger is so common. So first things first, what is anger? It's an emotion. And if I had to go back and who knows, I might do this, you guys, for sure. <laughs> like I said, as I'm making changes and trying to adapt and improve the podcast, I actually may go back and add this to the emotions episode, but I am learning to look at emotions as visitors. What do I mean by visitors? I had this really, really, really cool revelation um, randomly one day where I was just sitting there and I was like, you know, emotions are visitors because the thing is, is that we don't want to push our emotions away. We don't want to avoid them because just like a visitor coming to your house, if they know you're there, like they see the blinds open, they see that you sitting on the couch and they're just knocking on the door like a Jehovah's Witness, no offense to Jehovah's Witnesses, but if they're just knocking on the door and they're wanting you to answer and you're just ignoring them, then you're probably not going to deal with the situation, right? Like you're probably not going to handle it effectively because all they're going to do more than likely, especially if there's somebody who's really annoying or somebody who's really adamant to talk to you, they're going to keep knocking. So we don't want to push away or avoid our emotions. Like, you know, somebody, a visitor that's just knocking on the door and we're not letting them in. But at the same time, we don't want to attach to our emotions. And a lot of times I think people do this. We're seeing this more and more, you know, in the mental health field is that some people will attach to an emotion and they make it like they're part of their identity or they make it part of like, oh, this is like who I am. This is part of my decision making. This is like a big part of my existence. They're not treating it as something that can just come and go. Instead, they're attaching to it. And that's like letting somebody who's only visiting come in and live in your house. And you got to think about it, like, where is the boundary that with that, right? Like, you're just a visitor. You don't pay rent, you know, like, you don't stay here. And so this is where we got to be really, really, really careful because our emotions can be visitors. We don't have to attach to them, meaning we don't got to let the visitor move into our house, but we also don't have to avoid them or push them away. We ain't got to keep the visitor knocking at the door when they know that we're inside. Instead... We can treat them like a visitor. What happens when people come to visit? Typically, you know, you're going to let them sit for a few moments. Y'all going to chat. You're going to invite them to sit down, maybe a cup of coffee, give them some refreshments. And then they're going to, you know, stay for a lot of time and then they're going to leave. And that can also go back with emotions. That's why I said when I had the revelation, it was really like mind blowing because I'm like, even when people show up, because I know some people are listening to this and they're like, well, man, I don't like, you know, unannounced visitors. That's just not me type thing. And I'm like, who does? Nobody likes, you know, unannounced visitors. But think about emotions. Sometimes emotions, we expect them to happen. Like sometimes we can anticipate that, man, I didn't get that promotion. So now I'm about to feel disappointed or man. Um, this breakup just happened. So I know I'm about to be sad or I know I'm about to be resentful or angry, but sometimes y'all emotions come unannounced like a visitor does. Like sometimes they just pop up. They just drop by and it doesn't mean that they're good or bad. It just means again, you treat them like a visitor. You allow them to come in, you make time for them. And then you just let them come and go. Don't attach to them. Don't push them away. And anger is an emotion that I feel like people either one, attached to it or to push it away. But regardless, people are not using anger as effectively as it could be. Now, I know that that was probably a really contradicting statement that I just said, because, you know, some of you are probably thinking, you know, when I get angry, that's not, that's not good for nobody. You know, <laughs> like when I get angry, it's just a bad day for the whole world. Like I'm going to act impulsively, all of that stuff. Right. But the thing is, guys, is that when it comes to anger, anger can be used for us instead of against us. How so? It goes back to the emotion piece, being able to acknowledge and be mindful of your emotions. If you're angry and you try to push that anger away, one of my first points is that it's going to build what we call like this very toxic energy of anger. Like the anger is going to become toxic. It's going to become really, really, really 
you know, overconsuming and overwhelming to the point to where it's going to dictate your personality. It's going to dictate the way that you, you know, respond to people or the way that you behave with people. And one thing that I also want to point out, which is my next point, is that anger doesn't always mean that somebody wronged us or that, you know, that we're mad. Sometimes anger can be a byproduct of emotions that are unresolved and that are unprocessed, like grief. Grief, a lot of people don't associate anger with grief because we typically, when we think of the word grief, we think of depression. We think of, you know, sadness. We think of somebody who's heartbroken. And if they're angry, then, you know, the anger is just, you know, coming out of a place of, oh, they're mad at God. But no, most of the time, the anger is just a byproduct of the unprocessed grief. You know, I've been watching All American and I don't know if you guys follow that show, All American or All American Homecoming. I love both the shows. They're great. And I was heartbroken when they killed off the character of Billy Becker. So if you haven't watched the show and you start to watch it, I did just give a spoiler. I'm so sorry, but it's just to bring up my point. There's a specific episode where the main character, Spencer, He's going through his grieving process and I love how the writers did, you know, his process so differently from others because it was anger in a toxic form. Like this man was yelling and treating his family members, you know, horribly. He was talking to his people horribly. He was cutting everybody off. At one point he punched like a cabinet. I think it was a cabinet door or something and scared his brother so bad. And that's when he realized, okay, I got to get help. Like this is a problem. This is serious. And that is how anger can real deal manifest itself sometimes. Like anger can really become toxic if we're not careful, if we are not careful and if we don't get it under control, anger can be all consuming. Now, how can it be effective? Well, because one, my next point is that it is an emotion. So just like you want to give acknowledgement to sadness and you want to give acknowledgement to happiness and you want to give acknowledgement to disgust when you see like some broccoli on the plate and you're like, oh, I can't stand broccoli or something like that. You want to give acknowledgement to anger. We don't want to ignore anger because at the end of the day, God gave us our emotions for a reason. And it's okay to be angry at things. What is not okay is when we execute our anger in an ineffective way. So what is an ineffective way to execute anger? Well, we could pretty much, you know, think about this easily, right? If you're cussing somebody out, that is ineffective. (laughs) That is not an effective way to express anger. If you're fighting, that is an ineffective way to express anger. Basically, if you're doing anything, it's going to cause more problems for you at the end of the day than, you know, something that's not going to cause more problems for you, then you're probably not handling your anger right. Okay. So I see this like psychological definition of anger where it's like anger is an emotion characterized by antagonism towards someone or something you feel has deliberately done you wrong. Anger can be a good thing. It can give you a way to express negative feelings, for example, or motivate you to find solutions to problems. But excessive anger can cause problems. Okay. So what we don't want is that excessive anger. I do like the fact that in this definition, it talks about, you know, how it can be a good thing because that's what I'm trying to bring up really in this mental health point is that your anger is just your emotions getting the message out. So if you feel it in your body, if you start to feel your palms get sweaty or you start to clench your fists or clench your teeth, if you're anybody that's like me, I notice that I get tension like all in my face, like my facial expression, like it's telling the whole story. I'm starting to feel tense all in my face because I'm angry. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because the anger itself is not bad. It's how I execute the anger. That's what I have to pay attention to. What am I going to do with that anger? And that's what a lot of us need to ask ourselves. What are we going to do with our anger? Are we going to let it build up? Are we going to bottle it up and let it fester? Or are we going to deal with it? Are we going to express it in a healthy way? A lot of times people bottle their anger up. And so, you know, me being a therapist, I have, I often have to ask myself like, man, why are they bottling this up? Why can't they just talk about it? You know, because sometimes I may understand for myself, okay, I know why they bottling it up, you know, this and this and that and that. But sometimes, you know, it comes to those cases where even for myself or people that I'm close with, I just, you know, examine and really ponder on it. I'm like, why aren't they, you know, processing that anger? And this leads me to my point of sometimes anger can be so intense that it scares us. 
Sometimes we have people who become so angry or so aggressive or they know that their anger is at a toxic level that it can scare them. And so they don't want to express their anger. They don't want to show that anger because they don't want to hurt anybody. They don't want to, you know, hurt people that they love. They don't want to do things that they regret. And that anger fuels for them impulsivity, which goes against self-control. And that's the worst, I feel like, possible, you know, scenario for that. Because when you cannot control your anger, when your anger gets to that point to where it's toxic and it it's fueling impulsivity, that means that you could pretty much act and you wouldn't even think a second thought about it. This is where I, I feel like, you know, sometimes I'm not saying that this is always the motive why people hurt people or things, but I do feel like it plays a part, you know, that anger being coupled with impulsivity and not knowing how to control or not knowing a positive way to express it, not knowing a positive way to express it, which is definitely something that I want to talk about. But first I want to talk about types of anger. So I read on this little article here where it says there are three types of anger, excuse me, that help to shape how we react to situations. So we know that situations are going to make us angry. You know, it's y'all, it's normal to get angry. And I just want that to kind of be debunked right now before I even get into the spiritual health perspective, because I'm definitely going to talk about that, you know, in terms of, you know, us being Christians and being in a church and being in Christ and things like that. But for right now, <laughs> let me say it the first time, it is okay to be angry. It is okay to feel anger. What we don't want to do is we don't want it to become excessive or overwhelming or to the point to where it controls us. That is not what we want. Okay, so we got passive aggression, we got open aggression, and we got assertive anger. And so dealing with your anger, when it comes to trying to control the anger, this is where we're pretty much going to see these three types of anger come out. So passive aggression, I feel like everybody knows what that is, right? This is where, you know, things come out when, you know, you're trying to put it off. You're putting stuff off or you're pretending that everything is fine. Passive aggression, it comes from a need to be in control. And so you really don't know how to feel your anger and be in control. So you're just very passive aggressive in a sense, right? But then there's also open aggression. Now, some people... This is another dangerous part because passive aggression is like on the very far side of the spectrum where it's like you don't want to show your anger. You're bottling it up and it's coming out in these really subtle ways. It's coming out in these really subtle remarks, sarcasm, these really um, shade. You know, I feel like that's where shade comes from. That is the origin of throwing shade is passive aggression because you don't really want to say it out loud like you want to. And instead, you still want people to feel that you're angry with them. So you're very passive aggressive and passive aggressive aggression, guys, can ruin so many relationships and, you know, put you in such a bad headspace because you're not getting that anger out, especially not in a direct way. You're just basically letting it bottle and fester to the point to where it can explode and become open aggression. So the next type is open aggression. And this comes out in like fighting, blackmailing, shouting, bickering, accusing, um, criticism, bullying. We see a lot of open aggression. Now, this is for people who don't know how to handle their aggression in a healthy way. They don't know how to get a healthy outlet for that anger. And so usually it comes out in this open aggression. What we want to strive for is the middle path because just like passive aggression is on one side of the spectrum, open aggression is on the opposite end. We don't want to be one or the other. We want to be in the middle. We want to be both. We want to be not both, excuse me. We want to be right in the middle of it. We want to take a little bit of, okay, we don't want to explode. And at the same time, we don't want to hurt people or, you know, become super just, you know, cowered down or subtle. We want to be able to express the anger in a healthy way. And that's where assertive anger comes in. When you're assertive, you know how to say what you mean and mean what you say without being mean. So that's why I really recommend finding healthy outlets for your anger. So what are some things you could do to deal with your anger? I'm glad you asked. You got to be creative, guys. First things first as therapist, point number one, I would suggest finding out what caused you to be angry in the first place. Because all anger has a root. Every bit of anger, whether it's passive aggression, whether it's open aggression, you know, a lot of times that's why them teachers would say, you know, these kids are bullying each other and there's always something else behind it. There is, you know, 
teachers are not lying to you, parents. Like there is a reason why that kid is bullying that kid or your reason why your kid is bullying that kid. There's always something underneath it. There is a root for everything, including emotions. And so those kids don't know like how to express their anger in a healthy way. And they may not even know what's causing them to be angry. It could be like a scenario with the visitors, right? The anger could just be coming out of nowhere because of something that's happened a while ago. It could be a byproduct of grief. Maybe they just lost somebody. And instead of them crying and being sad, they may think that if I cry, then that's showing weakness or that's showing, you know, that I can't handle it. So instead, I'm going to be angry at the world. There are so many causes, y'all, for anger. And that's why I want to just take this moment and normalize that it is okay to be angry. So I don't know who's listening to this podcast episode, but I want you to notice it is okay for you to be angry at times. Now, you also have to be mindful of, you know, not just the root cause of your anger, but also put limits on your anger. What do I mean by that? Okay. I'm probably going to, you know, ruin it for some people because there are some people, there are some of y'all listening, you get angry over everything. (laughs) And I have to take a pause because there are literally people that are like that. Like you get angry over every little thing. If the wind does not blow right, you are mad. You want to go off. You want to, you know, shut people down. You want to, you know, say something smart or say a snide comment. You you can put limits on your anger. Your your anger needs limits. The same way that if a visitor comes to your house and you would not let them overstay their welcome, don't let anger overstay its welcoming you. Put limits to it. There are some things that do not require a reaction. I think that was the most beautiful lesson that I have learned in my young adult life so far is that not everything requires a reaction. Not everything requires me to be angry. I ain't got to be angry about, you know, certain stuff. Some stuff I really can just let it, you know, roll off of me like butter, basically. So maybe that's what some of you need to do. You need to put limits on your anger. Understand like in therapy or in DBT specifically, I know that we talk about basically when our emotions fit the facts is what I mean when I say put limits on your anger. Sometimes your anger does fit the facts. What does that mean? That means that the facts of the situation justify that, yeah, it's okay for you to be angry. Sometimes, and I do mean sometimes, so please, I hope nobody thinks that I'm trying to invalidate them. I will definitely do an episode on validation and invalidation because I feel like that happens a lot too and people don't talk about it enough. But, you know, sometimes we do get angry and it's unjustifiable. Like, we don't even know why we're angry. But we may have identified the root, like the first point. But however, if we're not putting limits on our anger, we, we can find ourselves getting angry over everything, you know? It's okay to be angry that somebody cut you off in traffic. If any of y'all have ever driven to Memphis... <laughs> Or Jonesboro, I'm just naming places for me, then you can definitely probably attest to that anger of people can't drive, people are just careless. And if you get a little mad because they cut you off in traffic, it's okay. You know, it's okay to take that deep breath. Where anger doesn't fit the facts, I would think of situations where, you know, you angry and it got, ain't got nothing to do with you. Your friend basically is, you know, having a disagreement with their partner and you all mad about it and you want to go off and part that is not your place <laughs> you know because that's their relationship put limits on your anger it's okay to feel bad for your friend it's okay to feel angry for them and you need to put limits on that anger that does not mean that you go on behalf of your friend and and just chime in and start to go off and stuff like that because now there are no limits to your anger Your anger needs limits. We need to understand when it's justifiable, when our emotions fit the facts, and when they don't fit the facts, okay? So put limits to your anger. And then my last point would be find creative outlets to express it. Safe creative outlets. So there are plenty of creative outlets, guys, to get our anger out. Um, One of my favorites is the rage room. I don't know if you guys have ever been to a rage room, but um, I have went, me and my twin, we went. Actually, last year for our 26th birthday, and I love a good rage room because you mean to tell me I get to smash stuff? (laughs) 
for 15 to 30 minutes, just breaking stuff all that I want. Like, yeah, it is the perfect outlet for anger because it's in a controlled environment. You're safe. They're going to go through safety rules for you. They're going to provide you with safety, you know, goggles and equipment and it's controlled and it's contained. So your anger has limits and you're able to get it out in an effective way. Cause I guarantee y'all, if you have ever been stressed out or mad about something, go to a rage room. You are going to feel 100% better. I promise you will feel so much better after doing that. You may have to do two sessions because sometimes depending on where you go, they can be short, but it's definitely a stress reliever. I 100% recommend it. Um, and DBT, we will call it a skill called alternate rebellion because you're basically rebelling in an alternative way. So it's a way that is effective instead of ineffective. So I definitely would suggest a rage room. And let's say you don't want to, you know, pay because you do got to pay to go to rage rooms. Unless you know you are a family that wants to make one in your backyard. You want to put some old plates or something out there or some old vases and stuff and tell your kids here, give them a bat, smash it. Maybe you would want to do that. Maybe more parents should do that. I don't know. I mean, I'm not opposed to unconventional ways of parenting if it keeps kids from, you know, bullying each other or going to schools with guns. Do what you got to do at that point. Let them smash stuff in the backyard. Let them get the anger out. Or, you know, some people let them crack. It's many ways, you know, let them, you know, crack eggs on the sidewalk if they need to, if they just feel like they got to break something. If you're someone who likes to write it out and have that kind of catharsis, you know, with your emotions, journal it, you know, write it out, write it in the form of a story or a poem, get the anger out somehow. And then all, and of course, pray about it. You know, that is the biggest thing. I have gotten to the point where I'm mad or I'm frustrated. I would pray to God. I pray to God about everything. I pray to him when I'm confused. I pray to him when I'm sad. I pray to him when I'm disappointed. I pray to him when I'm angry. I'm going to tell him everything. And it is a really great way to practice that mindfulness piece. If you have not listened to my mindfulness episode, definitely go back and listen to it because prayer is a form of mindfulness. Worshiping is a form of mindfulness. So I love to worship so much at church because I'm just there in the moment. And whatever I was feeling in that, in that before that moment, it kind of falls off. It kind of goes away, right? So find positive outlets for your anger. And if you need to talk to somebody, I definitely will recommend finding you a therapist that works for you or even just friends or family that you trust that you can vent your anger out to. Now, if you're going to do the venting thing, be clear about what you want, because some people, they start off, you know, venting and they angry and then people try to give them solutions and they get mad, (laughs) which is understandable. And that's why you got to be clear. Tell somebody, okay, before you vent, I don't want you to give me solutions. I just want to get it out. Sometimes people need that. Sometimes they may want solutions. They may say, okay, I need to get this out and I need your suggestions or I need your advice. But yes, if you need to vent, I think that that's a great outlet to get your anger out too. The whole goal is, guys, is you want to get your anger out. You do not want to bottle your anger up because when you bottle it up, you know, it can transcend for years. Certain anger, especially if it's anger and resentment, at people in your family, you know, I feel like anger takes on many forms. The same way there are types of anger, I feel like anger can mutate into different things. Like if you're angry at, you know, a family member for doing your parent wrong, and this was years ago, and now you're an adult and you're still mad at that family member, that's resentment. That anger has mutated from what it was in that moment. Now it has come into pure, full-blown resentment or bitterness. Bitterness is another form of anger mutated because now you mad at everybody that you see. You can't be happy for anybody. That is a form of anger that did not get processed or resolved and it mutated, you know? And that's why that first point I felt like was key. You got to know the root. You have to understand where did this anger start or when did I first become angry? Deal with it right then and there. Do not make the habit or get into the habit of just letting that anger sit, you know, and then saying, well, I'll deal with it later. You have time to deal with it now because you don't want it to come up later on. And then it starts to affect your relationships because anger can, it can be detrimental to relationships, especially when it becomes toxic to the point to where you're resentful or bitter, or you're treating people wrong and you're projecting, meaning like you're taking your anger out 
on someone that has nothing to do with what you're angry about. So you angry at your boss for not giving you pr the promotion at work, but then you go home and you yell at your kids and your wife when really you're not mad at them, you're mad at your boss. You know, projection is also another form of anger being mutated. You need to deal with it right away because if not, Anger can destroy your relationships with people. It can, can destroy your mental health and it can even interfere with your relationship with God or with your walk with God. Okay, so talking about anger from a biblical or, you know, a spiritual perspective, starting with a biblic biblically, excuse me, there are a lot of scriptures, y'all. If you just look in the Bible, if you go on the Bible app and you type in anger, it's going to pop up so many passages for anger. Okay. Because generally the Bible is telling us that we do not need to let our anger get out of control because anger can be really detrimental. Like we said, you know, it can get in the way of relationships. It can get in the way of your self-control because that anger can lead to impulsivity, like I said. And so the Bible is telling us, you know, to stop being angry and to turn from our rage. You know, it's telling us that we don't need to dwell in that anger. So a couple of scriptures that come to my mind, James 1 and 19. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. And I feel like the purpose for that was, you know, thinking about that scripture, it says you must all be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. Because if you think about it, when somebody wrongs you or when you feel like you've been done wrong or you feel like things are not going your way or for whatever reason you're getting angry, we are not slow to speak. Some of us, we may be trying to get the last word. We may be quick to speak. And it goes back to that impulsivity. We're not willing to just take a moment and, you know, think before we respond. We're more so trying to react than we are to respond. I always tell people there is a difference between reacting and responding. When you respond, you've probably given it some thought and you've put some actual, you know, okay, what is the pros and cons of me, you know, doing this into the decision before rather than reacting when you react, you're not thinking at all. It's just right off the instinct. And so what it's saying in this scripture is you must all be quick to listen. So if you're going to be quick to do anything, be quick to hear the other person, because that also goes back to, you know, if we're not being slow to speak or slow to get angry, if we're getting quick tempered and quick to speak, then you're not hearing what the other person got to say. And sometimes you could be the one in the wrong, but because you're so busy trying to get your point across, you are missing what the other person is trying to say. Another scripture that I like um, says that James 1 and 20, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. And another word for righteousness would include justice. So human anger does not produce the justice God desires. Human anger causes us to do some rash things. You know, again, it goes back to us, you know, making decisions without thinking or reacting rather than responding. And it can cause us to, you know, really hurt some people. And God is not a God that wants us to hurt others. He's not a God that wants us to do people wrong. He is not a God of injustice. He is a God of justice. So that's what it means when it says that anger does not produce, you know, the righteousness of God. It doesn't produce, you know, justice, especially anger that's coming from humans, which is, you know, our anger. Other scriptures that I love is, you know, people. Um, Proverbs fourteen twenty nine. people with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. <laughs> oh my goodness. And then that also goes with Ecclesiastes 79, control your temper for anger labels you a fool. So basically you're going to see fool a lot too <laughs> in the Bible. Basically, if you show anger, the Bible saying you a fool <laughs> or you foolish, right? Um, you know, going back to where it says, you know, Proverbs 14 and 29, people understand to control their anger. This is saying that, you know, if you have understanding, if you have wisdom, your anger is not going to get the best of you. But if you're hot tempered, it is foolishness because somebody, you know, just think about it. Y'all has being quick to like go off on somebody or react on anger ever ended up. <laughs> has it ever ended? Well, probably not. There's always long-term consequences. You may not even experience the short-term consequences, but I guarantee you're going to, you know, experience the long-term because even if you don't react right away, even if you don't, you know, even if nothing happens right away after you just went off on somebody, think about it. You've damaged a relationship. 
you have burned a bridge. You know, that person could have been, you know, the key to you unlocking what God has for you in the future and stuff like that. And all because you went off at the mouth or you did not control your temper, you just lost your own opportunity, right? You really, really, really have to look at the bigger picture when it comes to anger, okay? It says that in Proverbs 29 and 11 as well. And by the way, I'm in the NLT version for all these scriptures. Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. Now, I want to speak to this scripture too, because I know like we just heard about that first part. And so this may be a little contradicting to people. They're like, well, what do you mean? A fool vents their anger. You said I could vent my anger. You can process it, right? You can process your anger in a safe space. Like I said, you're going to pray to God. You tell God I'm angry or whatever. There's a difference between processing it and doing that rather than you being a person that goes on Facebook and vents it. I hate when people do this so much. y'all. <laughs> like it is so cringy. I can't stand somebody making a post for anger. They saying stuff and they're like, well, this is my page. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, like people do it. And I'm just thinking to myself, what was your purpose? You know, like what was the reason? What was the purpose? What did you get out of doing that? What did we get out of, you know, doing, you know, venting this stuff on Facebook? Because all people going to do is now make their opinions. I mean, you basically just added fuel to the fire. And so that's what I think this scripture means. Like when I read that, I didn't think of it as, okay, you can't process or acknowledge your anger. I looked at it as being a fool and venting your anger in an unproductive, ineffective way. If you are somebody who goes to social media when you're angry, that is, un that is ineffective and it's unproductive. Stop doing it. That is, you know, my TED, my short TED talk for the day. Stop doing that. Especially if you're, you're an adult, you over 25 years old. You need to stop that. Really, I'm even, <laughs> I don't want to say under 25 because technically our brains don't start, stop developing y'all until we're 25 years old. By the time you're 25, you should be fully developed. You should be neurotypical. Your brain, you pretty much settled into your personality and maturity by then. But so, I mean, I'm going to give a pass to like the teenagers and stuff to do it. They, they're still learning. Their brains are still growing. They may be killing their brain cells too, you know, because of drugs and stuff like that. However, when you get 25 and up, that's a wrap. You should not. There is no reason you should be getting on Facebook to vent anything. If you need a safe space, go find a therapist. Go to God, you know, pray. But please stop doing that. And that's exactly what I thought when I first read that scripture. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm thinking when it says fools vent their anger. I could be interpreting that wrong, but that is how I interpreted it when I saw that scripture. And it says the wise quietly hold the back. And I also... You don't want to talk to that part because think about it, you know, when you're wise and when you have wisdom, you don't have to show the world that you're angry. You don't got to tell your Facebook friends that somebody just did you wrong or that, you know, things are going horrible or that you hate so-and-so, you know, you holding it back. Not saying that you bottling, bottling the anger up, but you're not broadcasting the anger is also how I interpreted that part. When we broadcast the anger, that is not effective because we also have to think of it as, especially in the community of Christ, you know, you're dealing with people in church. First things first, like I said in one of my episodes, can't even remember which episode it was because I feel like I've talked about this before. You know, the church is full of hurt people. I think my pastor, Brandon Clack, you know, shout out to Reformation Memphis. I love my church. Went today. It was awesome. Two weeks in a row. Do you know, just been preaching straight fire, <laughs> you know, and I just been resonating with everything he's been saying in this new ser series, but, um, y'all go check that out. But, you know, he, I remember my pastor said that he was like, you know, the church is full of people with mess and drama because we're all hurting. Like we're all trying to get healed. And so what do you expect is what I almost want to like, what do you expect? Now I'm not saying give people a pass to do you wrong. However, also, this is where boundaries come in. And I know I did an episode on that and I could talk about boundaries all day long. But if we start putting more boundaries up, then when, st when stuff like that happens, I don't think that we would let our anger get the best of us. I do think that we would be able to manage it more effectively and be more productive with it and instead take it to God instead of trying to react or know how to respond in a way where we respond with love or when we respond wisely. You know, like it says in the scripture, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. 
it means you're not broadcasting the anger. You ain't got to broadcast that somebody did you wrong. Let God handle them. There's a scripture that says that vengeance is, vengeance is not ours, but it's the Lord's. You know, he's the one who gets revenge, not us. He's the one who takes care of that, not us. And so I feel like a lot of times when people, you know, get on there and granted, I'm not trying to put anybody on a super high pedestal because I know that we all human. We all going to have slip ups. We all fall short. However, we also have to be mindful. We got to be mindful of the fact that we are trying our best to be the best versions of ourselves. We are trying our best to be more in God, you know, God's image and Christ's image. So, you know, doing that, that's not in his image. I could not see Jesus making, you know, uh, a Facebook status about Judas. He could have, but, <laughs> you know, but he didn't. Matter of fact, he still loved Judas. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't have to do that. Okay, we do not have to do that. Proverbs 15 and 18 also says a hot tempered person starts fights. A cool tempered person stops them. Anger can really produce a lot of tension and hostility. When you are cool tempered, you are diffusing situations. You're a peacemaker. That's why I love the fact, you know, being a cool tempered person, I'm very chill. I'm not going to try to start any, you know, fights or any arguments. If anything, I'm going to try my best to defuse them. I'm what you call the cool temper person in this scripture. I don't want no problems, right? I don't want no problems. But we really have to pay attention, you know, to all of these scriptures and what they're saying about anger. Because there's a lot of them, y'all. There's so many of them. Here is, I think I missed one. Here we go. Proverbs 19 and 11. Sensible people control their temper they earn respect by overlooking wrongs so this is also where it goes back to you know just that control piece having the self-control having you know the ability to walk away from stuff and be sensible rather than you know reacting all the time rather than you know just automatically going off on somebody we can diffuse a lot of situations if we control our anger, if we control our anger. OK. And so I'm also thinking about, you know, God, and I'm thinking about how some people may be angry with God, because that is a thing in the church. You know, sometimes people, you know, they may be angry with God because their spouse passed away or, you know, they lost a child. And again, I, I want to say this because I'm not opposed to being wrong. If anybody ever wants to listen to my podcast and say, I disagree, that's cool. Because that goes back to me being a cool, tempered, sensible person. Like the scriptures say, I don't want no arguments. I don't want no tension. I don't want no hostility. You can, you know, disagree without being angry. But I feel like people, again, can feel the anger. However, we got to be careful how we execute that. Because a lot of times what happens is the enemy, I feel like, wants us to execute that anger towards God. Right. And the thing is, is that one, God, I don't believe he wants anything bad to happen to us. I do not believe that. I believe that he is the God, like he said in Jeremiah 1 and 5, before he, you know, before we were you know, born, he knew us in the womb. He kind of formed us and he knew exactly what the plan for our life was going to be. Same thing he was saying in Jeremiah 29, 11. He has good plans for us, great plans, plans to, you know, prosper us, not to harm us. I don't believe that God wants anything to happen to us to make us angry at him. And we got to be careful. Again, that goes back to the root part, right? Ask yourself, who are we really angry at? Because a lot of times we say that we're angry at God, but we're really not. I feel like we project on God, which is one of my main points for this perspective. I do feel like we project a lot of times on God. We're angry at the situation. We're angry at how we're interpreting situations, but we're not angry at God itself. But because we don't see that and we don't know how to effectively process anger, we take it as we're angry at God, not the fact that we're angry at our interpretation of the situation, you know, and now I can't, you know, go into full blown on interpretation, but interpretations are powerful, guys, because how you interpret something really does dictate what emotions come after that. So if you misinterpret something, if you misinterpret something that God did for your good is bad then of course that inter that misinterpretation is going to cause you 
to project onto God and say, I'm mad at God because he didn't do what I wanted him to do, or he didn't, you know, help me or he, you know, failed me and things like that. Some of us may be misinterpreting, you know, we even talk about that in mental health. We talk about, you got to really check your assumptions and your interpretations of situations. Cause sometimes that's what's fueling your anger, not the situation itself, but what, but you're, you're no, it's your interpretations of it. It's how you're taking it. It's how you're seeing it. It's how your mind is like putting the pieces together. That's what's making you angry. And man, I wish y'all could see people's faces when we tell them that, because when they finally understand what interpretations are and how that really does fuel the emotions, they're like, man, how did we not know that? That, that is the power of mental health. Same thing in our walk with God. You got to look at the situations. Are you really mad at God or are you just projecting because you're misinterpreting what the purpose of the situation was? You know, so I'm thinking of the scripture, Romans, I think it's Romans 9 and 22. It says in the same way, even though God has the right to show his anger and his power, he is very patient with those on whom his anger falls, who are destined for destruction. He so I think this is a powerful verse because it's saying that even though God is a person who has the right to show anger, even he is patient with people who his anger falls on. And my thing is, if God has the ability to be patient with people who his anger falls on or who are destined for destruction, why can't we use that again? Why can't we control our anger and be patient? Why can't we check our interpretations of things? Why can we not, you know, instead hold back as far as not, you know, bottling the anger up, but why can't we process it effectively and in private rather than broadcasting it and making it public and venting on Facebook and stuff like that? I don't be stuck on that Facebook thing. I really hope people stop doing that because that is just not, oh no, we don't do that. Especially, you know, towards your, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ. We got to remember that people are fallible guys. Every human is fallible. All of us are going to make mistakes. And while it's okay for you to be mad at somebody when they mess up, that doesn't mean that you should do them wrong or that you should, you know, try to, you know, go an eye for an eye, things like, no, like that is not what God has intended for us. One thing that I have learned, especially because of course I am very family oriented and I love my family and one thing about me with my family is that I can be mad and I am very dialectic. I am a, such a dial, I'm probably dialectical Dominique. I'm a super dialectic person. I know that two things that seem opposite can both be true and they can both exist. I can be very mad at somebody in my family and still love them to death and be there for them. It, it really can exist at the same time. It really can, because it shows us that in the scripture with God, God has every right to be angry and yet he is patient. You know, even he still shows patience and grace and mercy. So I know that for me, I also can, you know, I also can basically be angry. I can acknowledge that my anger or frustration with somebody that I love and still be there for them and still care about them because I tell, you know, I can't remember who I told this. It was either one of my closest friends, whatever I said that, you know, anger does not discount my love or anger does not discount me caring about somebody. And I want us to remember that when we think about God too, our anger does not discount his love for us. Even, even his anger, you know, like going back to that scripture, I just read in Romans, you know, his, I don't think that that discounts it. Right. Because it goes back to that one scripture that a lot of people, you know, also love to quote. His anger lasts only for a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. I wish I knew the exact scripture reference for that. I'm going to find it hopefully before this episode is over. If not, y'all can Google it. But that is another powerful scripture. His anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. So that means that even God has balance, you know. He can acknowledge in himself that sometimes he may get angry. That doesn't mean that he's a mean God or that he's a God of anger who's going to, you know, push anger on everybody else. But that he's a God who understands that we also get angry, too. And we can acknowledge the anger and still produce patience and produce peace and produce, you know, you know, care and nurturing for people rather than rage. Because that's what he doesn't want. He doesn't want us to have rage. He doesn't want us to have what I was talking about, those byproducts of anger. So be careful 
with your anger. Acknowledge it in a healthy and effective way, guys. Do not let it control or consume you. Go back to all of those scriptures that I gave you. There's plenty of more to talk about anger, but I just named a few that I had highlighted and bookmarked. But I 100% recommend y'all read more about anger in the Bible. Read more about the characters in the Bible who experienced anger in himself. Because again, our emotions are not bad, but we got to be careful how we're executing them, especially in our walk with God. Check with yourself. Make sure that if you call yourself angry at God, make sure you're not projecting on him because nine times out of 10, you may be projecting anger on him. Nine times out of 10, you may be misinterpreting a situation and that misinterpretation is fueling your anger. Interpretations fuel emotions. And I will do an episode on interpretations to go more in depth into that because it really is a game changer when people start to realize like how powerful interpretations are and what they are. It may be a bonus episode because I feel like it's going to be really quick to explain it. It may be short, maybe like 10 to 15 minutes. But I feel like when you guys understand like an interpretation, that'll really open your eyes and you'll be like, wow, maybe I was not mad at God at all. I really was mad because I misinterpreted that situation, especially when we get revelation and we realize this is why God did this. It wasn't to hurt me. It wasn't to make me mad, things like that. So be very, very mindful, guys, of your anger. guys that's it for today's episode i've talked enough (laughs) hopefully you guys you know got a little bit more insight about anger and you know how to deal with it how to cope with it hopefully you know something that was said in this episode really wrong with you and you were able to you know maybe go and do your own research whether that's you know on the mental health perspective of anger or you know on the types of anger or just in the bible or reading more scriptures or what you know the word of god says about anger nonetheless i hope that this episode blessed you don't forget to share it with people who it will encourage or enlighten don't forget to give it a five star rating especially if you're listening on apple Podcasts. and like i said guys just excuse the ads it's gonna say anchor.fm for a minute until i get this new ad up and running and then you will hear a brand new ad for the commercial breaks in between the episodes but nonetheless guys i hope everyone you know has a great week it is palm sunday easter is next sunday i'm really happy this is always just a beautiful time you know in the presence of god just because palm sunday you know good friday of course we if you like me you ain't gotta work on good friday that's always a blessing <laughs> So hopefully you guys just enjoy this week and, you know, just let the power of God truly move in your life and just come in and, you know, do wonderful things and just be wonderful to other people. Spread love, spread joy. Don't spread anger, but acknowledge your anger. Acknowledge it in a healthy and effective way. All right, guys, I'm out. Until next time, God bless and peace.